Hello, good afternoon. Good morning. I don't know what I'm supposed to say anymore. What did I used to say? I don't know. <laughs> We've only done this literally hundreds of times. I don't know what my greeting is supposed to be. <laughs> good brunch. Good brunch. <laughs> good brunch, everybody. I'm Jamie Baker. I'm Sarah Matthews. <laughs> and this is kind of Nurse Coffee Dog. Sort of. Welcome. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Who said we were professional podcasters? Nobody. <laughs> Nobody. Nobody said that. <laughs> Nobody says it. Well, anyway, if you're listening to this, uh, we hope you had a great Thanksgiving. Yes, I guess it would be after. Happy Thanksgiving. So, you know how I love my coffee mm-hmm. as like a C3 or whatever the hell it was. But for those of you who don't know what I'm referring to, there was an ombre portfolio of how you take your coffee and cream mixture. I think I was like a, I don't know, like a C3 or D3 or I don't know, something like that. Anyway, but I was at the grocery store today picking up, of course, uh, Thanksgiving stuff because, you know, it's two days before Thanksgiving. So why wouldn't I start shopping today? Um, Like all the other ridiculous people. Like this is the day, tomorrow's worse, but this is the day that you can barely find a grocery cart because it's so busy. And anyway, I was shopping. So they have all their like fall type stuff out and there is caramel apple coffee and you know how much I love anything caramel apple like Starbucks hit it on the head this year because they had their their apple crisp macchiatos and stuff and I, I don't know I just love apple flavors in the fall so anyway so I got caramel creamer to go in it so I'm about right. to sip it for the first time to see what it tastes like let's see Oh, it needs more apple. It's good, but it needs more apple. <sighs> oh, shoot. Immediately disappointment. It, no, no, no. It's not disappointment. It's just, uh, you know, I, I'm glad they're not sponsoring us. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, actually, speaking of sponsorships, I was reading through like some random stuff to, you know, potential sponsors and things like that. And one of the people said, do not use the phrase sponsored by or this podcast brought to you by or things along those lines. And I'm like, but literally you are required to by law. That's so stupid. Because if you're you're being paid for an endorsement, you have to disclose that. You have to disclose that. You can't just have this weird in the middle of what we're talking about interjection about, I mean, what, pantyhose, whatever. Right. Sharpies. Panty- <laughs> pantyhose. Oh my God. <laughs> Sharpies are definitely my friend and I will endorse those any day of the week. Absolutely. Pantyhose, also- I haven't worn since 1984. That seems fair. Although I think in 1985, I cut them off at the leg and I got the extended control top ones. To wear with short skirts. Mm, you know? That's a good idea. But by but by the end of the night, they would roll. Yeah, but then they came out with Spanx. And so it's essentially the same exact thing. Well, that's But true. more expensive. But Way you can more wear expensive. them more than once. Yeah, but Spanx, you can wear more than once. I mean, pantyhose, like, especially if you cut them off, like, you're, you're not yeah, wearing run. them a lot of times. Yeah. My generation cut off the tippy-tippy top of those to make into necklaces like chokers pantyhose yeah like the top of the waistband that was elastic what i'm not familiar with this practice and make a real real thin black stretchy necklace interesting yeah it was a big deal Mm. huh we're worlds apart (laughs) i was trying to control my thighs and waist and you were trying to decorate your neck i think in girl scouts when i was little we used pantyhose to make soap on a rope we did little potpourris i think okay yeah, like uh, drawer satchels and yeah. stuff. Mm-hmm. Monica also did that. Monica she did do that. Did yes, that spoke to me. I yeah, remember. Chandler, I remember Chandler got one sachet away from becoming a lesbian couple, as he puts it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, friends. Okay, well, anyway, you didn't come here to talk about friends or pantyhose. You came to talk about nursey nursey stuffy. Man, oh, man. We are getting more and more listeners. I love it. It's such a It's delight. so much fun. Welcome, everybody. Welcome. We're so excited to have you, and we appreciate that you appreciate our honesty, because I think that's, like, the number one thing that people write us about, is they're like, thank you for keeping it real. Yeah. Are other people not keeping it real? I mean, to be fair, I don't listen to other nursing podcasts. Like, I, I barely listen to our own. No, of course. 
<laughs> so you're not one of the downloads is what you're saying. I, I'm not. I mean, in our first days, I I think I was one of the 18. And I would say I was like four of the 18, but it only counts you once. So, but no, I, I, did, I used to listen to our podcast all the time, but that was because we had somebody else editing it. And then once I started editing it, I stopped listening to it because I had listened to it for, you know, six hours. Yeah. 100,000 times. Right. <laughs> like I can hear myself saying the same phrase over and over while I make it sound It's <laughs> wild playing just part of a word over and over and over again to try and like remove some noise or something. I know. Isn't that crazy? It's amazing how fast things stop meaning anything. <laughs> I don't oh, remember what the word man, was this... last time. Maybe it was just about or something. And there was like a little slam uh-huh. in the middle of it. And I just heard uh-huh. about, 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 about. And then about, <laughs> about, about, about all the way through it. And I was like, I can't do this for another second. <laughs> You're like, break time. Break time. <laughs> I'm going to have a cluster headache. Oh my gosh. That's so funny. Well, anyway. So yes, we have been hearing all this feedback from you guys about how we keep it real. And I, I don't know. I guess other podcasts aren't keeping it real or I don't know. I don't know what you know, they're doing. That's a good question. I don't really know, but I do know just from talking to people, our whole goal was for this to sound like you're at the nurse's station, but a little bit elevated, right? Like maybe to go from just bitching and venting with your friends at the nurse's station to more the realism of of what really goes on in nursing and really getting to the nitty gritty and being honest about that. And I think other people feel pressured to present nursing in a very specific way to like hold up this idea of what nurses are right and these like little angels and things like that and we're like no that's just not no, true. i just think that's contributes to the problem of I it i agree completely because we are i mean there are people in our profession who literally have earned their wings on earth no doubt about of it of course yeah but there's plenty of other normal humans who participate in nursing. And there's some people who get into nursing who probably shouldn't be in nursing Mm -hmm. uh, for many reasons. And it's just one of those things where we have such a diverse background of people that go into nursing these days. Like it's no longer like this cookie cutter profession. I mean, we have all different kinds of personalities, all different types of people, all different educational backgrounds, socioeconomical backgrounds, just men, women. I mean, non-genders, you know, whatever. So many people are in nursing now. It's just a totally different world. And all of those people bring something to the profession for better or worse. And I I don't know, there's just, there's just a lot of diversity within our profession and, and a lot of struggles that we have and a lot of things that have been pushed down for a long time that are finally starting to come to light. And I think, Mm -hmm. you know, we just wanted to talk about that stuff because we didn't want to feel alone. There are problems that need to be fixed and we can't fix them if we don't talk about them. Yeah. I mean, first and foremost, Jamie's language, because I'm not going to lie. I've been really being like, I need to clean up my language. Oh my God. I literally <laughs> had the same thought the other day. I was like, can I go a whole day without a single swear word? Oh, the, I don't think I would be able to do that. I don't know. I don't think I could. I mean, people make me swear. That's just what happens. <laughs> it's really no fault of my own. I don't think it's inherently a bad thing. It, we have turned words into bad words, right? But they're just That's sounds. true. Yeah, of course. The same way that all languages are made up and good grammar is made up and all these different things. It's just a word that we've been told is naughty in some way. But th- Okay, but let's take the word fuck, for example. Uh-huh. There is something so cathartic about using oh the God, word yes. fuck. Yeah. Like, I mean, in so many different ways, and I'm not talking about the action, right? Like the sexual action. I'm just talking about, like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, just to, <laughs> there, it's just cathartic, right? It just releases this whole thing. And, and I can say it, I can say it in sheer delight. I, it doesn't necessarily, it's not necessarily a place of anger for me. It's just a, it's just this release of emotion, whatever that emotion is. And I think that's why for me, like that particular word has come to the forefront of my vocabulary. It's so versatile. It is versatile, but so is ass. Did you ever see that comedian? His primary language is not English. I don't know where he's from or what his background is. I don't remember, but he does a whole sketch on the word ass and how in America it means like 20,000 different things. And he talks about oh. 
Oh, oh my God, it's hilarious. You'll have to do a Google search for it. For any of you who haven't seen it, it's worth a watch. I think it's like a three to five minute sketch. It's so funny. Just about, because you're like, oh my God, that's so true. Well, how do they expect us to stop swearing when all the words that we have are so versatile? <laughs> it's so true. Give me a non-swear word that feels as good as screaming fuck at the top of my lungs and then I will do it. <laughs> there there really isn't any. There Although isn't. I'm sure, I'm sure people that don't, use profanity feel quite the other way. Although I don't know that they tune into our podcast. I mean, I think they just don't know what they're missing. When I upload our podcast, I 100% am checking that explicit language. Of course. I told you that from the get-go. I'm like, we gotta, you just gotta know right up front. I'm not censoring that. I can't. For all of our listeners, when we were setting up our podcast, we were talking about, you know, where we wanted our podcast to fall in, like, the podcast world. And Sarah asked me, she was like, so are we going to have explicit language in our podcast? And I was like, are you fucking serious? Are you really asking me this question? <laughs> like, I don't think we can get through talking to each other without using this word. Some days I feel I've gotten a little out of control and I need to reel it in because I, I didn't used to swear as much as I do now. I definitely swear more now than I used to. Is it my influence? I, I think it's probably a lot of influence. Like, it's being a nurse for 11 years. It's yeah. having three toddlers running around. It's, uh-huh. you know, being married. It's <laughs> so many things. So many things. Going to law school. Ugh. I just need the catharsis. Anyway, speaking of catharsis, we posed a question to our audience about... Tell me your you-can't-make-this-shit-up story. Because we've all had more than one. Mm-hmm. Tons. But they're usually your go-to story that you tell people when they ask you, like, what do you do for a living? What's it like? You know, tell me a story about nursing. Like, these are the oh, stories yeah, we tell. Sure. So, in lieu of doing, like, oh, your favorite nursing story, which I know we've done, this is a more specific kind of breed of them. So, we thought this would be fun. So, thank you to everybody who submitted. Yeah. You guys make our podcast. And we're going to read some. You do. Yeah, let's get into it. My first one is from Elle. Hi, Elle. Had a patient last night who was lethargic related to sedatives. He only nodded and withdrew from pain. I weaned him off last night and had that patient again tonight. He was able to say his name and his birthday at the start of the shift. But the first full sentence from him was a drowsy, my butt hurts. I almost burst out (laughs) laughing, but I contained it until we turned and repositioned him. (laughs) My butt hurts. (laughs) Just that one little one made me laugh. That is funny. Has anybody, like, sat in these beds? Oh, I can't imagine how uncomfortable they are. I had to stay, like, after shift once because I had to be back in, like, a very small amount of time. So I just packed a bag and I stayed in the hospital. And we had a couple open rooms. This was, like, before the hospital was at capacity. Yeah. And so I slept in one of the patient rooms. And let me tell you, that bed is so damn uncomfortable. Mm. And that's an inpatient bed. That's not even, like, the ER stretcher. And now we've got patients boarding on the ER stretcher for, you know, 27 hours. And, you know, hospitals spend oh, so God. much money, but they can't invest in a decent mattress for people to sleep in. I know. Well, beds, I mean, think of that capital investiture has got to be through the roof. I, I can mean, literally only I, I don't know how much one bed costs. Like, I feel like for some reason, like a striker bed is something like $10,000 or something yeah, like that. Yeah, if we were to get someone a hospital bed... At home, which are uh-huh. not strikers usually, but they, you know, the semi-automatic usually is what we get. Mm-hmm. They're a few thousand dollars if you were to pay out of pocket. So, and they're not that fancy. Yeah, I remember. Well, when I opened up an ER, I remember we were ordering stretchers for the ER, and now we got like the latest and greatest stretcher, and I think each one of those stretchers was like six thousand dollars. Wow! So that's why, for some reason, I'm thinking that the beds are like ten thousand, or maybe maybe even more, maybe twelve. So if you think you've got, you know, a hundred thirty bed hospital, I mean that's quite an expense, it you is. know, to just yeah. Get. But it's also the biggest deal to a patient. I mean, they spend literally almost. Their entire oh, yeah. time in there. Well, you're so worried about H caps and press gainy. Maybe get them some beds. Well, no kidding. And the response is always to you know bouncing back to nurses of what aren't you doing well <laughs> to prevent <laughs> things like bed sores? Well, aren't you training your patients enough? Aren't you using 
all the random pillows that don't even exist on this unit to stuff under your oh patient instead of having a machine that could do it for you. And like, we have all this cool equipment in this world and we're still yeah, absolutely. making nurses run around Q2. Are you serious? It's so stupid. <laughs> yeah, admins. Get it together. <laughs> Pay the piper. Pay the piper. <laughs> Give me it. <laughs> Also pay your nurses. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway. Uh, All right. Next story. You want me to read one? You want to just go back and forth? This is from C. Hi, C. C. Oh, my God. I know I keep sending y'all stories, but I just love this one. And I hope they make you laugh, too. I had a woman with a very bad UTI. Her nurse was lazy and refused to call the doctor for an order, even though she obviously needed it and was delirious. When the next nurse came in, he was so mad that he not only called the doctor, but when the woman started ranting deliriously, he put her on the nurse's station phone with her previous nurse, the one who refused to do anything. I will never forget the epic feeling of her screaming dementedly over the phone at him. At the time, she would just yell at whoever was nearest. I doubt she even knew who it was, but it gave us a break from her from her raving. He never saw it coming, and I hope he feels guilty. <laughs> well, wow. do what you need to for your patient. Sucks to suck. Yeah. The ingenuity of nurses to just be like, I'm just going to call your previous nurse and let her yell yeah, at you. you know what? Let's At uh, home let's... while you're eating dinner. Because <laughs> you didn't address this, and now we're paying for it. Here you go. This is from M. Hi, M. This happened recently. I work on a CVICU. With COVID, we have had a ton of long-term VV ECMOs. I bet. Recently, one of our ECMOs has become super confused and delirious. His cannulas were in his neck, and he also receives HD. One day, when when the dialysis nurse was in the room running the machine, the primary bedside nurse was outside the room having a conversation with the ECMO specialist. And then all of a sudden, they hear the dialysis nurse screaming for help. The patient, who was restrained, had pulled out his ECMO. (gasps) Somehow his hand wiggled down into the bed enough to where he could reach the cannulas with his hand, grab them, and sat straight back up. Oh my god. There was blood everywhere. ECMOs usually flow four to six liters per minute. Luckily, our CV surgeon was on the floor and was able to throw in stitches to the patient to stop the bleed. He's actually doing okay. Oh, my God. I cannot even imagine the murder scene that was No, same. Yikes. Ugh. Wow. Ugh. And that's something that you, like, really don't think is possible. Like, everything's possible, but Jesus. I know. Well, I mean, I've seen plenty of patients, like, who are restrained wiggle themselves into some fashion where they can extubate themselves and things like that. Mm So it's amazing how these, like, quote-unquote, like, sedated patients can, like, just get a... They just move themselves around and... I mean, look, if I had a tube shoved down... Now, this is ECMO. It's different. But for, like, intubation... If I had a tube down my throat, I I promise you I'd be doing everything to get that thing out. Sure. I think there's something very primal in that. Yeah, for sure. It's hard to... I can't, it can't feel good. No, it can't feel good. Well, and, and there's also, like, there's hospitals that they don't want to sedate people yeah. that are intubated, or they don't want to give them, like, enough sedation, or they're sedating them with benzos, so they don't want to go up on these benzos because it takes so much longer to get them off and stuff like that, and... I worked on neuro ICU, so we use Dippervan, which is super short acting. And I always liked Dippervan a lot because, you know, you could bolus somebody and get them back under quickly. And then you could also give them sedation holiday as well. Trying to sedate somebody with the long acting sedatives is uh, personally, I think, a terrible idea. But, you know, I don't know everything about it all. So there's reasons, obviously, that doctors choose the benzos for sedation and stuff. But, I had a nurse friend. She actually got in. She has passed away since, but um, she had really bad underlying respiratory issues. This was way before COVID. She had some sort of like dramatic flare up and she had to be intubated and she was awake, like awake, awake. And so she asked for, she was restrained, so she didn't pull out her tube and she asked for pen and paper and she wrote on there a dipper van and they were like, no, we don't use that. Oh my god! And she's 
Yeah, so, like, you're just leaving her totally awake? Like, you want to talk about torture? I don't know how that can even be a thing. That's wild. Anyway, well, God, to pull out ECMO tubes. Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. Very lucky a CT surgeon was there because... Cheese and muffin rice. (laughs) If this is going to be a PG podcast, I don't want to do it. (laughs) Okay. Um, Let's see. This is from H. Hi, H. Hi, H. She's got a couple. So she said, first one isn't mine, but I just about fell out of my chair when my friend told me it. My friend's name is V. She is an ER nurse. Ooh, I like her already. <laughs> she she had a prisoner come in. So she walked into the room and he was there cuffed to the bed and had two guards with him. When he asked what was wrong, all he said was, my dick hurts. She was like, Okay, I need more information than that. This motherfucker goes, Four years ago, I put three dominoes in my foreskin, and now it hurts. (laughs) V said that this dude's dick was swollen up to the size of her arm and was super red and irritated. She was shocked it hadn't fallen off. The doc sent him to get scanned, and sure enough... There was three dominoes inside his foreskin. Oh, my God. V asked him why he left them in there for so long, and he said, I liked it. He had to get them surgically removed, and he asked, can I keep them? The guards chimed in and were like, absolutely not. You are going back to jail after this. (laughs) (laughs) She took him to the OR and never saw him again. Oh, jeez. I mean, the things that people put in their bodies. Wow. I know. You know, I was just talking to somebody, too. So this is so sad, but I've been an ER nurse for 11 years, and I don't have any good insertion stories. No? Oh, that's very disappointing to hear. I know. I don't know if I just don't get them or... Yeah, maybe. That's interesting. I don't know. I feel like that's one of the more more common ones. But you know what? Maybe because you said that, you're going to summon a whole bunch of them. Maybe. Maybe it'll be my soup du jour one day. Mm-hmm. That'd be amazing if you had like three or four in one day. We had a night like that. I only worked in the ER for a very short time, a summer. But, you know, you have your soup du jour, no matter where you are, it seems that that's the case. So mm-hmm. we had a night where it was just a lot of people with things inside them. The one I remember most clearly seeing the visual of were eggs. Eggs? Like chicken eggs. Yeah. I mean, that's what I assumed when you yeah, said eggs. Real gross. Wow. The only insertion thing I have had is, like, me personally as a nurse. Like, I've been there where something comes in and somebody else gets it and I hear about it later. Sure. But the only thing that I've had is I had a girl come in once and she said, she said, yeah, I think I have a condom stuck in my vagina. And I'm sure she didn't use those words. Yeah. And so we were like, okay. So we set up for a pelvic and the doc comes in and... When you walked in that room, the most putrid smell hit you in the face immediately. And then she opened her legs and Doc goes in there. And sure enough, she had a used condom in her vagina. And when the Doc pulled it out, like, I I almost puked from the smell. It was so, oh my God, it was awful. We asked her how long it had been there. And she was like, well, uh, probably about a week. (gasps) And we're like, what? What do you mean? It's but you've had this up there for a week. Like, why didn't you come in sooner? I mean, what? She was like, well, my boyfriend said that he thought it fell off, and I didn't think he was serious. I'm like, oh my god. That gives me a capture Ugh. of what she smells like on the regular. Then, if that wasn't bothersome oh to god. her. Oh my god. Gross. I know. All right, you're up. All right. This is from C. Hi, C. Working at an inpatient psych hospital, we had a guy who thought he had the devil in his testicles, so he cut his scrotum open with a knife (gasps) and pulled out a testicle, completely (gasps) removed it. Oh my god. Wow. He clarifies, this happened before admission, in case anyone is wondering, how did he have a knife in the inpatient psych hospital? Oh. (laughs) (laughs) Just to clarify. Uh, This is from S. Hi, S. Hi, S. Last night, I had a patient that thought he could rid himself of his ringworm by pouring bleach all over his open wounds. Oh, my God. Or better yet, 
The girl that complained of blurry vision but doesn't want to wear her glasses. Her prescription glasses. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh, that's funny. Oh my god. I love that so many of these are like, yeah, so last night, because... I know, it's so funny. It's just constant. But it's, it's amazing what people say and do. It's unbelievable. It's amazing that those people procreate. I mean, truly, that's upsetting. But, like, I feel like all my <laughs> patients come into the hospital, you know, my CHF patients, 25 mm-hmm. pounds up from their dry weight. They feel like shit. They look like shit. They can't breathe. They can't tolerate anything. They need to be diarist. Mm-hmm. And we're like, did you take your meds? Uh, no. No. Do you have your meds? Yeah. Why didn't you take your meds? I didn't feel like it. Oh, my God. Okay. And it's not, like, sexy or flashy to really even make it. It's not a story. It's just every, It's just everyone. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, it's unbelievable if you were to tell someone, like, hey, would you choose to not take your meds if it meant that you were going to be hospitalized for weeks at a time and immediately come back to the hospital again and again and again and then ultimately die because you didn't take care of yourself, they'd be like, no, of course I would take my meds. What, they're free? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's ridiculous. Well, clearly, though, there's more to it than that because that is the case and people still don't take their meds. And they're repeat offenders, too. Like, that's the whole thing that gets me about, like, the reimbursement to hospitals for 30-day admissions. Like, at some point, these people have to be accountable for their own decisions, Yes, I agree. And we fa- we face that weird issue where if you don't do it for them, it won't get done. So you're guaranteeing that they're not going to be set up for success. But if you do everything for yeah. them, they'll never be independent. So ultimately, they're not going right. to be successful. So walking that line is really hard. Oh, so many lines that we walk. <laughs> this is from B. Hi, B. This is a quickie, but this made me laugh. I had an elderly gentleman who refused to wear oxygen because, quote, it gave me pneumonia. Mm. Oh, it did? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, sir. I was in triage the other night, and, you know, so I'm asking everybody all their triage questions, and, you know, I asked this one lady, um, did you get your flu shot this, this year yet? And she's like, no, I, I don't get the flu shot. And literally, I could literally give two shits. Yeah, I don't care totally. a, what people get or don't get. I have to ask a question. I'm just like, okay. And she proceeds to tell me, yeah, last time I got the flu shot, I got the flu. And I'm just like, that Ugh. is just not how it works. And it's the same thing with the people who, like, I had a lady just the other night. Ma'am, what's your pain level on a scale of 0 to 10? Oh, it's it's an 11. Well, the scale doesn't go that high. Well, then it's a 10. So, okay, so this is the worst pain you've had ever in your life? Well, no, I mean, I wouldn't say that. I mean, when I had cancer, that was the worst pain in my life. Okay, so what would you rate it at? Well, I'd still rate it a 10. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Okay, whatever. Just rate it whatever the fuck you want. I I don't even care. Yeah, what's the difference? It's an 11. How do I put 11 on the scale? (laughs) That's when you type snarky comments on the little cell. Patient demands to be charted as 11, even though it only goes to 10. I'm going to chart that one day. (laughs) (laughs) I'm literally going to put in a nurse's note. (laughs) Patient demands to be documented as a pain of 11 on a 0 to 10 scale. (laughs) As she calmly reports her pain level while texting on her phone. Eating Cheetos. You know, that would have been something fun to do before open notes. (laughs) But now with open notes, it's a little different. That's true really takes the fun out of the snark. Yeah, it really does. All right. This is from S. Hi, S. Hi, S. I was a HCA, I'm assuming healthcare assistant, maybe? Yeah. While in nursing school. Yeah, something along those lines. I was an HCA while in nursing school. Walked into a patient's room, and he was literally swimming in shit. Mm. He was in an airbed, and the poop was so deep, it was a pool around him. The RN with me took one look at this, looked at me, turned around and said, let me know if you need help. Oh, my God. (laughs) I will always have so much love and respect for my HCAs now. (laughs) (laughs) That's not cool. Uh, The RN just, okay, let me know if you need help. (laughs) Walked out the door. So shitty. Oh, my God. But 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 I'm... I had a patient like that where... It looked like if you had had a full ileostomy and it had burst, 
It was that uh-huh. kind of liquid shit. Oh, nice. He okay. had been ano times four literally all night. He was fine. Something happened to him. I don't know. I walk in. He is sitting in a literal pool of shit. Like oh, like this. Did you write this story? I mean, I could have. It was he could have splashed <laughs> around in it in floaties if he wanted to. Oh my god! And he is trying to suck it up with a yank hour. <gasps> oh, that he had been using in his mouth to suction oh! out like spit and oh, stuff earlier. Ugh. I, so many things are giving me the gags about that. And I went to the nurse's station and I said, "I need all of you right now." Everyone in this room needs to come help right now. This is an emergency. Oh, my God. Emergency. Code brown. Code Code brown. Brown. It's an emergency. I will never forget the sight of that. And he was just sitting there like calm as can be. And I said, well, what happened? Are you sick? Like, are you okay? And he was like, yeah. What do you mean? Okay, sir. Okay. Um, Well, S wrote in another one. She says, or he says, I don't really know. She says, we had a patient once who was in ICU intubated and trying to die every time they moved him for like two months (sighs) he was 150 kilograms so not small and by the time he came out of the icu he had a pressure wound that was as deep as my forearm it was legit 60 centimeters wide and 30 centimeters deep oh my god miraculously we have a plastic surgeon who was able to heal it and he walked out of there a few months later he deserves a Nobel Prize. Wow. That's a nice you can't make this shit up story. I like that. Yeah, for sure. I love That's it. That's crazy. Wow. Those deep wounds are upsetting. Oh, God. Oh, well, I used to do hyperbaric nursing, so... Oh, my God. I went on an amazing tour of a hyperbaric chamber. It was so fun. Oh, my God. It Well, it was a really fun job. Well, I did critical care hyperbaric, and so, like, I trained with all the wound care hyperbaric cool but then when i would dive i would just be me and the patient we'd be in an attack so there'd just be the three of us would dive together but you call it diving that's cool yeah yeah you dive yeah did you know that there are still people in iron lungs really mm-hmm. i know it's not entirely a hyperbaric but that rem- <laughs> reminded me of it yeah there are people who are obviously never able to wean off of it but they just choose to continue to live in them interesting in 2021 that's insane. Yeah, that is insane. Wow. Hmm. Anyway, moving on. All right. This is from A. Hi, A. Picture this. A poorly funded, supposed to be shut down three times, but somehow still up and running. Lack of resources in staff hospital. Oh, every hospital I know. Okay. I mean, right, but a bad one, I guess. We had a patient come up from ED that looked awful. I was a baby nurse and still knew that a, that a patient was going to code and was not PCU level appropriate. We called a rapid. Surprise, surprise, they coded about 15 minutes after getting to the floor. Anyway, we call the code. The crash cart tumbles over on the way to the room because we have dents and potholes in the floors of the unit. Oh, my God. And we need to get the patient on a backboard, but the beds are hella old. They do not have a CPR release button that flattens the bed. So we have this blue patient dying, 60 degrees in the bed, and the only way to lie them down for CPR is by pushing the ever-so-slow-moving bed recline button. (gasps) Oh my god. The whole code team is standing there, twiddling their thumbs for a solid 30 seconds in silence while we wait for the bed (laughs) to flatten and the patient to be totally flat. Oh my god. Just watching the patient slowly teeter down in the bed. It was so awkward and awful because we could have done so much more in that time if we had just had proper equipment and also repaired the floors. Oh my god. But also such a funny scene. Can't make this shit up. I mean, it's in my head and I feel like this needs to be like a comedy of errors, like nursing skit. Literally, I read this out loud to my sister when I got it. I was hysterical. Oh my god. Just... Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I was gonna say. I was gonna say. Don't forget like, oh about the. God. Don't forget about those beds that you're holding it down, and then it just randomly stops. You got to repush the button, yeah. and yeah. Oh my god, that's oh my too god. funny. Oh my god. There are some noises that are just forever ingrained in my mind, and that's one of them. Because the liver patients, when they were confused, would play with the beds literally all night long. <laughs> so just be like. I mean, we were like, oh my god, <laughs> I can't work. 
work here for another second. Oh my god, that's hilarious. The other sound effect you did one time was like the Dynamap sound effect. And now whenever <laughs> Yes, so now whenever I turn a Dynamap on, I'm like, I think about you. I'm like, oh my god. <laughs> oh, I'm glad my legacy will live on in this world. It was one of those sounds that like I had never really recognize that it has a specific sound because it's just you just turn it on and it does its thing right but then you made the sound i was like that is the sound it makes that's the the exact sound so the whole code team just standing there just like (laughs) any day now any day should we do something in the meantime i mean look if it were me i probably would have yanked the dude down so his knees were like hanging over the bed but like whatever hindsight's 2020 right monday morning quarterbacking is is easy all right this is from jay hi jay hi jay Yesterday, actually, there's another one. Yesterday, <laughs> yesterday, actually, this patient with a history of stroke and TBI with a craniotomy was getting very restless. Oh, I'm having flashbacks already. And that transitioned into combative and aggressive. Yep, been there. This patient is nonverbal after all her neurohistory, hasn't spoken intelligible words for years per her children. She became so agitated that she. <laughs> She looked at the nurse and said, fuck you, bitch. I'll kill you. (laughs) Clear as day. (laughs) It was wild. Oh, glad that we're bringing out the best in our patients. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. That's so funny. Oh, those TBI patients, man. Oh, that's tough. This is from another M. Hi, M. Hi, M. Had a patient admitted for an abscess in their arm because they were HIV positive and tried to cure it by injecting themselves with bleach and peanut butter. What? I said, why the peanut butter? And she said, you know, I didn't ask. How could you not ask? I don't know. That'd be the first question I'd ask. I mean, they must be psychotic. No one would think that you should do peanut butter. I mean, that's not, that's not normal thinking. Well, I mean, neither is injecting bleach into your body, but peanut butter. I I would have needed to know a response there. Like, what what was the peanut butter for? Oh, wow. Okay. What could you even think it could be for? It's not like peanut butter has any magic healing the way that other things might. You know, they didn't inject sage into their veins. Yeah, that's true. I mean, peanut butter cures the soul, though, so. It does. That's true. Yeah, I mean... Peanut butter is like the antidote for everything emotional, I'm convinced. That's true. That's exactly right. You can't feel sad while you're eating peanut butter. I think that's... Or if you are feeling sad and you eat peanut butter, it definitely cheers you up. It does. Now, if you're high, that's a different situation. I love some peanut butter when I'm high. How... Doesn't it just stick all over your mouth? Like, you're just like... It does. You might as well be like a dog licking a Kong. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. But you know what? I'm enjoying the experience so much that it doesn't bother me that much. <laughs> so you are like a dog licking a Kong. It's just in your mouth. Yeah, kind of. That's hilarious. Yeah. Do whatever you want to to me. I'm enjoying myself over here. <laughs> I got my peanut butter. I'm good to go. <laughs> um, all right. This is from M, short and sweet. It says, nurse puts suppository in vagina. Happens just today in the unit. <laughs> Whoops. You must have written back, yikes, not a good luck. <laughs> I did write that back. That's really funny. Not a good luck. Not a good luck. This is from S. Hi, S. Patient cut Foley tubing with nail scissors because he thought it was too long. Oh. And stuffed the tubing with teepee because it was leaking everywhere. <laughs> oh, that's so cute. Oh, boy, sir. You really thought you could MacGyver a solution to that one, no huh? No kidding. Wow. Oh, my God. That's so funny, but, like, also, I can totally understand why, like, some little old man would want to do that. Yeah, he's like, this is too long, it's dragging. Yeah. Oh, my God, that's so funny. Can we talk about, like, why is the tubing so long? I mean, I don't know. It doesn't, where does it need to go that it would need to be that long, other than hang down by the bed? Yeah, but it doesn't need to be that long to hang down by the bed. I don't know. Um, No, I agree. I don't know. know. Like, maybe we need to reinvent how the fully is done. I don't know. All right. This is from, well, I don't think this is this person's real name, but their Instagram name is M. Hi, Hi, Instagram M. I had an IVDU patient, so IV drug user patient, who was injecting his testicles. So one of his testicles was so swollen, gave him nasty, nasty infection. 
It looked like a nice-sized pumpkin. Oh. Oh, God. Oh, my God. Yikes. Dude. Have you read that story that went viral? It was like an OR. They were going to do an IND or something of a patient who had been injecting themselves in the taint. In the taint? And there was like a... The taint, yeah. And there was like a huge abscess that they had to drain. Is I'm going to need you to clarify the, the part between the... The... Base of the, the between penis. the dick and the butthole. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Okay. That's where he had been injecting his drugs. How do you even see back there behind about. the balls and stuff? I think it would probably just have to feel it. Oh, oh my god. Well, he clearly couldn't because there was a huge abscess there Ugh. from all of that. Obviously, nasty stuff. And the story was so well written. It was so funny and so gross. Basically, just the smell. And the experience of this exploding abscess in this OR. Oh my. I remember it's... I, I'll have to try and find it and see if I can post it. Ugh. It's when people, non-medical people, were like, is this what happens? And we were like, yes. Yes, yes this is what happens. <laughs> you found it. Yes, people are that stupid. <laughs> people are that stupid. Okay, this is from another S. Hi, S. Last week, I had a patient with balls the size of my head. Mm. Actually, probably bigger. He was a CHF patient getting IV Lasix, but his balls were so big and he was obese too. He was so uncomfortable and couldn't even see his balls, nor could he really walk on his own. Mind you, this guy is only 40. Aww. So in order to get his eyes and nose on, his, on this man, me and the tech had to take turns with the hat, squatting down and putting it under his balls as he sat on the edge of the bed and let them dangle. Oh my god. His penis wasn't visible. It was completely swallowed up. Ugh. So when he voided, the urine came out randomly like a fountain all around the balls and it was like a game trying to catch <laughs> the pee under the sky. <laughs> of course, he was also contact isolation for ESBL in the urine. Oh my LOL. god. LOL. Talk about a workout. We were sweating in that plastic gown and taking turns doing this for three days straight. Oh, my God. Has I honestly it... think he enjoyed it, even though he would apologize and then ask us to also pat his balls dry after voiding. Oh, my God. I, that's when I would have been, like, straight calf for urine. Completely. Oh, my God. Put a foley in that poor man. That's outrageous. No kidding. Wow. Oh, my God. These just take me straight back. I just feel like I've done so much stupid shit for patients. Absolutely. Just like that on the floor constantly. It's exhausting. I know I told this story on here before, but for those of you who haven't listened, I will refresh it. But we had this little tiny dude. He couldn't have been any bigger than like five foot three, this like scrawny little dude. And he was intubated and sedated, but he we had a rectal pouch on him And he was leaking around his rectal pouch and he had gone through like four or five rectal pouches. And so we were trying to figure out like how to get this rectal pouch to stay on. My coworker took his legs. We had him like laying on his side and she bent his legs and spread his legs and was like holding his balls. And in the meantime, I get tincture, which for those of you who aren't familiar, tincture is like an adhesive that you kind of, it goes on wet. And then as it air dries, it becomes stick, it becomes tacky. So it helps them smell it from here. I love the smell of tincture. It's like one of my favorite smells. You do? Oh my God. I oh love God, it. Yeah. It's so sharp. I also love Ugh. skunk. So. Okay. You're one of those Yeah. People. I'm one of those people. So I put, I'm like, we're getting this thing to stick. So I load his like perirectal area up with tincture because I'm like, This rectal pouch is going to stick. Okay. So we're like putting tincture everywhere. And there was so much tincture and the legs are getting heavy for her to hold because she's like holding dead weight legs, essentially. So I want the tincture to dry. So I start like blowing on it. So I put my face like right by this dude's like butthole and I'm like blowing on the tincture. (laughs) I mean, this could have ended up so much differently because if he would have had a bowel movement, it literally would have shot yeah, all over my shot face. right in your mouth. Totally. Ugh. But anyway, I'm just like, she. it's just such a comedy of errors. Like, I can just picture it now because she's holding up this leg and she's holding his balls and I've got my head down by his butthole and I'm blowing his rectal area. Like, it's just, oh my God. I I can't even tell you how long. I really, I couldn't remember the end of the story because I couldn't remember if it was you or someone else who told me that they did that, but then the person accidentally let go and then they glued his ass cheeks shut. No, that was not me. 
No, we did not glue his butt <laughs> not cheek shut. No, absolutely not. Oh my god. My friend one time, I'll never forget the look on her face when this happened. This patient was wearing those mesh panties, mm-hmm. which are very comfortable. Amazing, yeah, really. I love them. Love those. And she had completely saturated them with urine. And so my friend was in front of her helping her take her clothes off so we could change her. Oh, and the woman was like in a chair or something. And the woman wouldn't let us do it. She's like, no, I can do it. I can do it. And we we're like, you literally can't. Like, just let us do this. You can't do it. She's like, no, let me do it. So she p- stretches them out to try and take them off and then loses her balance. So has to let them go to like oh. hold onto the chair. Oh, no. And in doing so, snapped them oh, back God. against her skin. Uh-huh. And it just sprayed everywhere into my friend's face. Oh, my God. Who was like kneeling in front of her to help her. Oh. And literally, she just stood up and walked out of the room. I don't think I would have done anything different. And she, I was like, she's about to quit. I can just see it in her face. She's ready to quit yep. literally right this yep. second. Oh, my God. Yeah, I, I knew where that story was going. Is it like the mesh? Because like they're saturated, but they're mesh. It's just holding all that urine. They do in spray. The, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, my God. Oh. This is from A. Hi, A. Hi, A. Here's another one for you on the topic of god-awful managers. We had a frequent flyer that came in again, was on our floor. She's a double amputee who is totally independent, but asks for petty for the pettiest shit when she knows we're super busy. One time she came to us, she kept pressing the call light for shampoo bottles because she wanted to shower. Now, I get how much one would want to shower, but in the height of COVID with 12 patients on our PCU, most of whom need, needed ICU level care, Getting shampoo for someone was not on our high-priority list. Anyway, a patient in the room across from her overheard her yelling for shampoo in the call light and offered hers, which was nice. This double amputee patient jumps on her wheelchair, wheels herself over to the nice patient, and just screams repeatedly in her face, saying, What did you say to me? What? You think I need a handout from someone like you? The woman, who, worth mentioning, was early 30s and about to be discharged, just offered the damn shampoo bottle again nicely, and this other patient goes over to her and sucker punches her in the face, repeatedly. Oh my god. I think a tech passed by and saw it and stopped it, but it just boggles my mind how the younger patient was physically in that position with a double amputee in a wheelchair. Like, she could have easily gotten up and walked away. Anyway, after this, we told the manager of events that happened and said someone needed to speak to the patient that threw punches about about conduct in the hospital again. She goes to her and says something along the lines of, I heard there was this event, you know, you can't just go over and punch whoever you damn well please, to which the patient responded, well, she kind of deserved it. The manager responds with, I kid you not, Ha ha, I'm sure you're probably right, but let's just try not to do that again. Let's just laugh it off here. Oh my God. And she just walked out of the room. Jesus. We were all dumbfounded how she literally walked in there and laughed it off as a joke with this patient. This is how patients think they can get away with whatever shit they pull, whether it's with another staff member or on another patient. Unbelievable. Wow. That's wild. That is wild. I. That's just wild that she went over there and punched another patient. Totally. Oh my god. Like, how did she even get over there? I guess everyone was running around busy and didn't didn't notice. Yeah. Oh my god. That poor patient. Although I do like the. I mean, she was shot. Clearly, the younger patient was shot. Yeah. And that's why she didn't just like stand up. Why would you expect somebody to punch you in the face for offering shampoo? Like, no, of course that's lunacy. Oh my god. But it is kind of funny where it's like, but this woman's like a WMPT in a wheelchair. Like you can just stand up and be out of her range. Like, <laughs> oh my god, that's funny. Just stand up, dude. Just stand up. Just stand up, man. That's like somebody like flailing in two feet of water. Like I'm drowning. I'm drowning. Just stand yeah. up. <laughs> just stand up. I love the videos of little kids who are crying at the top of their lungs because they can't. They're scared in the water mm-hmm. or whatever, and the mom comes over and literally just puts their feet down, and they're like, "Oh, <laughs> all right, I'm fine. Yeah, I'm fine." <laughs> 
Never mind. This is kind of cool. <laughs> Never mind. This is actually nice. I like being here. <laughs> so funny. All right. The last one we have is from H. Hi, H. This is from when I was working as a psych tech. Ooh. It was my first psych job ever, and I was on Compass, which is what we call our acute floor. All of the patients on Compass are experiencing psychosis and are severely aggressive, have schizophrenia, etc. So whenever I was on that floor, I had a good story. Oh, I bet. I bet. There was one patient that was on the unit that everyone had had some sort of run-in with. Let's call her Kay. She was in her 40s or 50s, blind in one eye, no teeth because of long-term meth use. Oh my god. In psychosis, aggressive, you name it. This particular night, I was going around doing my 15-minute checks, and Kay kept closing her door. We had nicely told her multiple times that she can't close her door for safety reasons and that we would open it every time. She had closed her door, so I knocked loudly, cracked the door, and politely said, Kay, I am opening the door to do my 15-minute check, and then opened the door. And she was masturbating. Oh, lovely. She did not like that I had interrupted her, and so she got up and chased me down the hall with her bloody hand. (gasps) Oh. Another staff interrupted her, and she turned around, went back to her room, But if that hadn't happened, I was prepared to lose my damn job that night. No kidding. Oh my God, that's so disgusting. Yeah. You know what's funny? Literally a patient got admitted today who the nurses had to have a talk with because he was masturbating in front of them. There are so many people that masturbate in the hospitals. Yes. I feel like psych patients are masturbating a lot. Yeah. And I don't, I don't know what that correlation is. That's a symptom. Yeah. Being like really sexually aggressive is... I don't know if aggressive is the right word. Someone can correct me, but my friend who works in just psych being says that that's like pretty common. Like a lot of, yeah, and comments and saying raunchy things to the nurses and being inappropriate and stuff like that. But not, patients who are not psych who would do that, stress relief or not, between the telly and the regular checks nurses have to do, never mind all the other stuff you've got going on. I mean, you can't stop for like a few days while you're in the hospital. You know how ICUs are like, if you can put on your call light, that means you're well enough to be out of the ICU. If you can masturbate, does that mean that you're well enough to to leave the hospital? I don't think so. I don't think so either, but I like that rule. I'll tell this real quick and then we got to wrap up. But there was one time where I was not working in the psych unit. Obviously, I'm not a psych nurse, but being in the ER, we see a lot of psychs. Well, this particular ER, it had its own separate like psych area, but I was... I don't know if I had like floated over there or something. I don't even remember, but I was over there for some reason. And one of the patients, we needed to get a urine specimen from them to get them medically cleared. And so this patient would go in the bathroom and she would sit on the toilet and masturbate. And you could hear, you could hear the, the sloshing around. <laughs> yeah, yes. like her fingers. And like just how fast she was rubbing. We were like, what are you doing? And she's like, I, this is, this is the only way I can pee. Oh, sure. <laughs> sure it is. So she would not. Ugh. That's like when men say like, oh, the only way I can go is if you're on your knees in front of me oh holding the urinal. <laughs> People are gross. People are weird. Patients are weird. You can't make this shit You can't shit make this shit up. up. Oh my gosh. Well, Thanks that was. Seeing everybody. <laughs> <laughs> I know. That was super fun. It was a nice, like lighthearted, you know. Let's have some fun after Thanksgiving. We're all kind of on holiday, if you will. I'm still full from my wonderful meal. (laughs) I hope my meal is wonderful. And I hope that when this airs, I'll be able to be like just fat like a whale in bed. (laughs) That's all I want. (laughs) Well, in this spirit of thankfulness for this holiday weekend, we are super grateful for all of you guys for tuning in, for listening, for contributing, for making our podcast what it is, for appreciating that we quote unquote keep it real. We're just grateful for you in general because we could not do this without you. So thank you so much for being a part of our lives. Thank you for tuning into us every week. Yeah, just thank you for being you and thank you for being nurses and contributing to the profession and staying with it through COVID and all these difficult times we've been in. And now as we enter the short staffing crisis that we're in, thanks for doing your part in that. Please, as always, you know, send us your feedback, your topic suggestions, uh, any questions, concerns. You can always get us on Instagram at Nurse Coffee Talk or on our email nursecoffeetalk at gmail.com. We hope that you have a beautiful and safe holiday season as we enter the holiday season. Make sure you like us, love us, share us with your friends. Thank you so much. We love you, everybody. Bye. Bye.